Chapter Thirteen of Baseball Joe of the Silver Stars by Lester Chadwick. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Donald Cummings. Chapter Thirteen: Scientific Practice. There was a period of silence following Sam's offer of his resignation, and no one seemed to know just what to say. Several of the lads glanced at Joe, as if expecting him to say something in his own defense. In fact, the young center fielder was about to speak, but he did not get the chance, for Sam exclaimed again, "'Well, do you want my resignation, Darrell?' "'You know I don't,' declared the manager. "'Then things have got to be changed.' "'Look here,' burst out Darrell. "'I've stood about all I'm going to from you, Sam Morton. There has got to be a change in this team.' "'That's just what I'm giving you a chance to make,' the pitcher fairly sneered. "'You can fill my place any time you like.' but I'm not going to, and though Darrell spoke pleasantly, there was a sternness in his words. Fellows, it's like this, he went on. The Silver Stars are a good team, and you know it. So does everyone in this town. But the last two games we played in hard luck, and... Do you mean to say it was my pitching? demanded Sam. No more than it was the way we all played. As I said, we've got to take a brace. I don't know what's gotten into you, Sam, to say you'll resign if Joe Matson plays. What have you against him? Well, I hate to see a newcomer made so much of. Here we fellows have worked hard all season, and... And you're going to work hard the rest of the season, exclaimed Darrell. Let me tell you that. I'm not going to hear any more talk of resignations, and this bickering has got to stop. Otherwise, we'll be the laughing stock of the county. You all played pretty well today, but you all need to do better. "'All but Matson. I suppose he's the star,' sneered Sam. "'Look here,' burst out Joe, unable to stand the taunts of the pitcher any longer. "'If you think—' "'Now go easy,' advised Darrell, with a smile. "'I'm giving this little lecture. "'I give Matson due credit for one of the three runs we got,' he went on. "'But that's not saying he didn't make errors. We all did.' "'Oh, fellows,' he pleaded, and they could see that he was very much in earnest— Let's get together and wallop every nine we play against from now on. Take a brace. Forget all this feeling and get together. Matson and Morton, I want you to shake hands, will you? I'm willing, Joe assented eagerly, advancing towards Sam. The latter hesitated a moment and then, feeling the eyes of all in the dressing room on him, he mumbled, Well, as long as you don't think he's the star of the stars, I'll shake. Maybe I was a bit hasty, he went on and this was a great deal for Sam Morton to admit. He and Joe shook hands, though it cannot be said that there was any warmth on the part of the pitcher. Still, it was better than open enmity, though Joe wondered if Sam would really be friendly. That's better, commented the manager, with something like a sigh of relief. And don't let this go any further, suggested the captain. We don't want it known that there came near being a break in the stars. Now get together, fellas. Show up at practice strong next time, and we'll win our next game. That's the way to talk, cried Tom Davis, and the crisis was passed, for a time. And, to the delight of Joe, he found that he had made many new friends, chiefly because of his sensational run. The members of the team, of course, crowded around him congratulating him, and asking him how he did it. But, in addition, there now flocked into the dressing room a crowd of lads who had witnessed the game. Some of them were high school pupils who knew Joe, at least by sight, but they now came up and spoke to him. Other town lads did the same thing. "'Gee, it's great to be popular!' exclaimed Tom with a mock sigh. 
Why wasn't I born a home-run hitter instead of good-looking, I wonder? Get out, laughed Joe. Don't make me get a swelled head. No danger, I guess, retorted Tom. Darrell and the captain strolled up to Joe, who had finished dressing. Well, that's over for a while, said Darrell in a low voice, evidently referring to the unpleasant little incident. I want to ask you to do some practicing, Matson. You need to try throwing a bit, for it's a long heave in from center field, and to be frank, you aren't any good at it. I'll practice every day, exclaimed our hero eagerly. And I'll coach him, added Tom. Get out, you lobster. You need coaching yourself, said the captain with a laugh. You'll get rusty if Darrell doesn't get off first and give you a chance. I'll do it more often now, said the manager. I want to be more on the coaching line. Two wallops in two weeks is more than the stars can stand. Who do we play next week? asked Tom. The Denville Wizards. But I don't imagine we'll have much trouble with them, said the manager. However, it won't do to take any chances. Practice hard, fellows, and with that he left the dressing room. Sam Morton had gone out some time before, and Joe and Tom soon followed. As they strolled down the street toward their homes, Tom said, Say, Joe, I was in earnest in saying I'd coach you. I believe you do need practice in throwing, and if you haven't given up the idea of pitching some day, I'll never give up the idea until I'm knocked out of the box, declared Joe. Good, then I'll help coach you. I was going to say it wasn't much fun practicing alone, and, as a matter of fact, it doesn't do much good. What do you mean? Well, I've been reading up about baseball lately. I got a book on pitching, and... Say, will you lend it to me? asked Joe eagerly, or tell me where I can buy one. Sure I will. I was going to say that it has articles in it by star professional pitchers, and a lot of them agree that it isn't much use just to go out and throw a ball at a spot on the backstop or the fence. What's the best way, then? asked Joe, who had supposed, from his limited knowledge, that to practice at hitting a certain spot with the ball was about the best he could do. Why, they say the best is to get something like a home plate, a flat stone, say, and pitch over it with someone to catch for you. I suppose that would be a good way, began Joe doubtfully, but who's going to catch for me? I am, exclaimed Tom quickly. I said just now that I'd coach you. I'll do more than that. I'll catch for you. And the book I spoke of has other tricks of practice, so a fellow can get good control of a ball. That's the thing pitchers need, it says, control. Say, we'll have some fun, you and I, down in a vacant lot, practicing. When can you come? How about Monday afternoon? Suits me first rate. All right, we'll make it then, and we'll get in some scientific practice for you. Maybe, after all, you'll pitch in Sam's place before the season is over. I wouldn't want to do it if it's going to make a row in the team. Oh, don't let that worry you. Lots of fellows don't like Sam any too well. They'd as soon have someone else in the box, if he could deliver the goods. Well, so long. See you Monday, if not before. I guess I'm glad Dad moved to Riverside after all, mused Joe as he walked toward home. I was afraid I wouldn't like it at first, but now I'm on the team, it's all right. I hope Dad doesn't have any business troubles, though. I wonder what is wrong, for I'm sure something is. I hope it doesn't prevent me from going to boarding school next year. And with this reflection, Joe went in the house. End of chapter 13 Recording by Donald Cummings, Monroe, Connecticut